Kaya FM 95.9. Sidebar every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. It is a minute after 7 and a very good evening to you. You are listening to Kaya FM 95.9. This is the home of the Afropolitan and you are listening to Sidebar with Dr. Cindy Van Sale. Or at least normally it would be with Dr. Cindy Van Sale, but my name is Sotomayor. And of course, uh, I'm standing in for the good doctor herself until she's back um, to full health and she's ready to come back and uh, take you through um, all the amazing things that she always speaks to you about Mondays to Thursdays. And a big thank you, of course, to Guguletum Fupi, who was talking uh, very interesting topics today, talking about what is happening in terms of NFSS. I've seen on social media, on Twitter, it's been the biggest um, news that uh, everybody's been talking about the entire afternoon. And uh, you're more than welcome to go to kfm.sura today and check out a podcast of that conversation and all the other conversations that we have right here on the home of the Afropolitan. Because a conversation a day is exactly what the doctor ordered. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. It is now two minutes after seven. And of course, you are listening to Sidebar with uh, Dr. Cindy Fansale. My name is Sotomayor, standing in for The Good Doctor. And today we are talking about something that I suppose uh, many of us try not to talk about very often, especially when it comes to relationships, personal relationships, romantic relationships, um, friendships as well. But something that's got the potential um, to literally break apart uh, families, relationships and all sorts of things. We are talking about money and we are talking about you your relationship and money as well. And when we're talking about your relationship, we're talking about your um, romantic relationship. We're talking about relationship with your parents, maybe with your siblings, maybe with your extended family as well. That relationship that you have with money, sometimes it's a very toxic one. And I know in many um, situations that, you know, the relationship between two people and money becomes uh, toxic very quickly, especially when there isn't enough money to go around. And uh, we are very lucky that we're going to be joined by two ladies on the line. They are from Just Money Personal Finance website and they are going to be coaching us through money lessons, uh, what you should look out for when you're getting into relationships or if uh, we are talking in terms of your family, what it is that you should be talking about and how to sort out um, those uh, money goals, money strategies and to make sure that you have a a symbiotic relationship when it comes to money. And these two ladies, of course, is uh, Shafika Anthony as well as uh, Sarah Nicholson. And you're more than welcome to join in on the conversation. Give us a call on 86000 if you would like to ask some questions, maybe you're looking for advice or maybe you would like to tell us your story of uh, what money is to you and your relationship. Now, without further ado, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Shafika Anthony, a very good evening to you. Hi, Shafika, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, good evening and how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I am good, thank you. So we're going to be talking about money and we're going to be talking about money lessons as well. And on the other line, we also have your uh, colleague, Sarah Nicholson. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, wonderful to be here. Yeah, it's great stuff. It's great to have both of you ladies here. So we're going to start, I'm going to start off with a very basic um, question, which is that why is it so difficult to talk about money? As in when you get into a relationship or whatever relationship it, it, it is that you are in, why is money the most difficult thing to talk about? Such, such a great question. And, you know, we each have, different money languages and we each understand and talk about money in a very different way. 
Mm-hmm. And it's often dependent on how we raised, how our parents spoke to us about money and our own experience with money that influences the way that we communicate with it, especially to our partners, our friends. And there's definitely, like when you're dealing with topics around debt, there's a certain level of, of I would almost call it a mental health thing where you don't want to talk about it. But it's something that, you know, you do actually need to speak about. So it is a difficult topic. It's also something that we we often see as very, very private. And there's a certain level of pride that we have around our money. So it, it can be a difficult topic to talk about. But I think it's it's a really good lesson. And I think we'll get into that this evening. That it's incredibly important to talk about talk about your money with, with those that are close to you and really important to you. Okay. And Shafika, at what point, once you're getting into a relationship, at what point do you start talking about money? And what should be the first basic conversations that you're having when you start talking about money with a new partner? Yeah, so another good question. I think that, you know, from the get-go, really, you know, we are so keen to talk about past relationships and we bring up things that we feel our partner should know. And somehow money tends not to be at the forefront of that list. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, especially if you're going into a long-term relationship, these are things that are going to heavily impact your relationship. So it's such a crucial time early in the relationship just to start getting comfortable about that conversation, you know. Um, and it doesn't have to be hectic. It could literally be what are the types of debt that you have? What are your commitments to paying it off? These are important conversations because come, you know, if we're making a commitment to get married, further down the line, it could then become more than one party's responsibility. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be able to break the stigma and have these conversations. But, but, you know, somebody would say that wouldn't it be a bit difficult and presumptuous? I'm getting into a new relationship. I'm excited. We are having a great time. You know, um, we are in that honeymoon phase of our relationship. And then I just ask somebody, what is your standpoint on money? (laughs) I can imagine how that cannot be easy. Mm, absolutely. Look, talking about money, whether you're in a, a new relationship or not, it is a difficult uh, conversation sometimes. But obviously, you, you, you get to know the person, you understand the personality, when you become comfortable and you allow that conversation to happen organically. It doesn't have to be an interview process, you know, um, but it is something that once the opportunity arises to get comfortable and start having that conversation. Because obviously, when you're talking about long-term commitments, at some point, you're going to start talking about a wedding. And we all know that a wedding can sometimes jack up quite a hefty bill. So, you know, conversations about money are are happening anyway. But I think we've become so um, oblivious to having the money conversation that we tend to skip over it. So as soon as that, that doorway opens up to start having that conversation about future plans, buying a home, those types of things, moving into a together, whether it's just renting a flat as we, you know, most of us start that way, mm-hmm. we're going to have to talk about what is our affordability, how are we going to go about this, is this something we need to, uh, you know, obviously for a home loan, we need to approach a bank, then we're talking credit score, so all of this is happening in our relationships anyway, it's just about, you know, framing it so that you're having a mature conversation, and definitely it's something that if you look at relationships, it can cause hectic um, pitfalls, you know, as you proceed in your relationship. So it's definitely something that has to happen uh, when the time is right. Mm. And 
Obviously, it's one of those conversations that if you leave it for too long, it becomes awkward. I mean, if you, yeah. you are in a relationship two years down the line, you're like, oh, okay, let's have a conversation about money. Then it does tend to become a lot more awkward the later you do it in the relationship. But as well, you know, obviously you don't want to do it too early as well. So say you are already in a relationship and you guys have been together for a while and it's been going and you have not had this conversation what should you be talking about? So if somebody's listening and they're in a relationship, a committed relationship, and they haven't had the conversation and they're wondering, if I'm going to get into a money uh, conversation with my partner this evening, what what are we talking about? What should we say first? Oh, so look, it really depends on if you are living together. Obviously, there needed to be some sort of, you, you need to have some sort of plan for yourself. If you haven't sat down um, and did a budget together, then that would be a very good place to start. Um, I think using your bank statements is really black and white proof of what is coming in and what is going out. And that will basically help you plan. And when we're talking budget, we're literally talking something as simple as pen to paper. It doesn't have to be on apps. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. It literally just is, what am I getting? What am I paying? How much do I have left over? And then we can talk about saving. But obviously, having had all been involved in the impact of, of the pandemic, and I don't think anyone was spared during this pandemic, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, we all are trying to survive. And a lot of us are living from paycheck to paycheck. So if you're living with your partner, you have obviously and, and most likely have seen the financial implications of not having a budget. And if that conversation then gets started, it's very wise to go, you know, right, what do we, what do we have together? What are we spending our money on? Is it wise? And obviously, if there are kids involved, then that's an added responsibility that we have to then ensure we are covering. So the school fees, all the things we really need um, to, to, to live a, a, a comfortable life financially as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're just joining us, it is uh, 11 minutes after 7. You're listening to Kaya FM 95.9. It is Sidebar with Dr. Cindy Fansale. My name is uh, Sotome, and of course, I'm standing in for Dr. Cindy Fansale. And this evening, we're talking about money and relationships, and not just romantic relationships. We're also talking about the relationship that you have money with your family. Um, you know, people have got responsibilities towards their family as soon as they graduate. Um, all those things uh, can cause a lot of stress um, when it comes to relationships. And uh, on the line, we are joined by Shafika Anthony as as well as uh, Sarah Nicholson, and they both are from Just Money Personal Finance website. And they're just walking through, uh, you know, the, the different ways of dealing with money situations and dealing with relationships and money. Now, um, Sarah, we're just talking about, you know, putting in a budget in place and making sure that if you are in a committed relationship, you are both at the same place when it comes to money, or at least you're heading, you're heading towards the um, same place in, t- in terms of your conversation about money. Now, what is... <laughs> What is healthier? Is it that I have my money and you have your money and we both spend, you know, we, we split the, 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 the costs of living or whatever it is that we're doing and say, you pay for this, I pay for this, you pay for this, I pay for this, and we go on about our business. But, you know, we have separate accounts, we have uh, separate finances and our finances don't come together. Or do we put the money in one pot and then pay what needs to be paid and the rest, you know, and then a little bit of savings and then the rest we share, we split uh, between ourselves, what is healthier, or does it differ from relationship to relationship, person to person? So, I really think it, it's very individual. Like all of us were impacted by the, the pandemic, but we all handled it and dealt with it in a very different and individual way. And I had the most interesting conversation this evening. I actually was at a parent evening just before this, and I was actually chatting to the parents and saying, you know, how does 
how do you spend your money? How, how do you have that conversation with, with your partner? Mm-hmm. And what was quite interesting was each one of them, and there were about 10, were all saying what they have their own accounts, they have their own bank accounts, but what they do do is come together. And like Shatika was saying, is they, they're quite clear on what their budget is. Mm-hmm. And one, for example, will manage all the, the children's costs and the other one would manage living costs. Okay. So again, it is a very individual thing. But I think what's important is communicating about that. So having a very clear understanding between the two of you of what the differences are. So if you are going to have a split account, who's paying for what? And having clarity on that is definitely going to help prevent friction in the relationship. And that's with your with your partner, friends, um, you know, your children or, or your mom and, and your dad. And it's very important to have very strong clarity on those things. And if you do have a joint account, there needs to be the same amount of clarification because one might, for example, be something that spends more mm-hmm. and the other one is more of a saver and you find one is taking more money out of the account and there's not perhaps not enough money left at the end of the month for the groceries, especially when we're going through a period where we're struggling. So the key here is finding what works for you as a couple or whatever relationship you're in and really having clear communication about it on a constant basis. You know, have a regular check-in in the monthly check, you know, check in how you guys are doing and just be very clear about that up front and as you're going. So obviously life happens, things happen, just having that open line of communication and understanding how your partner communicates about money will really help decide what is best and healthier for you as a as a, um, as a relationship. And what happens if the one partner is working and the other one is at home? How do you navigate that? Because I mean, does the one does the one that's staying at home get an allowance? How does that work? Or, or do you have one card? You know, what works easier? Again, a very individual very individual decision and you need to look as to why why is that happening um is it a case of a pandemic and this person has now lost their job and they're forced to work from home or is it a mutual decision as a couple one is going to stay at home and the other one is going to go to work and that really is going to impact the decision that you have there and again it's about that communication okay. who's going to have that who's going to have control over the budget but i think what's important is that you both have to some degree some form of control. Um, it can be really frustrating if you feel one has control and you don't have control and it can cause an imbalance. Mm-hmm. So it's good to find a way that works for both of you and, and find balance there. Especially if somebody feels like uh, they are dependent on someone because no adult wants to feel like they're dependent on the other person, right? We all want to feel like we've got some sort of autonomy um, when Ab- it comes to... Absolutely. Yeah, mm, when it comes and and I, I would strongly encourage that whoever, you know, if that is the situation, that that is something that you almost require and need. Don't allow the other person to have full control. You know, even if you feel, perhaps you feel like you spend a lot of money and you need somebody else to manage that for you or your partner to manage that for you, there's still an element of control that you need to have, whether it's through an allowance or having a card mm-hmm. and having a certain amount that you agree to spend on. It's really good as an adult, you know, to feel that you are in control and it really does help your your mental stability around your, your finances. Mm-hmm. That you are not also just, uh, you know, a child in the relationship where you also get just a little bit of uh, money. You know, it's very important that you also feel like you are, um, that you're an adult and you make your own decisions and you can decide that I'm going to spend this money on this and that, and I don't have to answer to someone. 
Absolutely. And you've got to remember that each of you are very different. So, you know, you're individuals in the relationship and you have different wants and you have different needs. You don't have the same things. Yes, you might have very similar goals that you're working towards and that's easy, easier to budget and easier to save together. But you have different things and different desires and you need to be able to be allowed to, you know, achieve and get those things on your own as well. And even if it's a, a joint decision, you still need that freedom to be able to get that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're just joining us, it is uh, 17 minutes after 7. You're listening to Kaya FM 95.9. You are listening to Sidebar with Dr. Cindy Van Sale. My name is Sotome and I'm standing in for Dr. Cindy. And uh, the two ladies that I'm speaking to at the moment is Shafika Anthony as well as uh, Sarah Nicholson. And of course, they are money coaches. And they're talking to us about relationships and money. They are from just uh, money, personal finance, a website and we're basically just talking about navigating um what could really be a very difficult you know place when it comes to money and relationships um where you are headed and how you um monitor and spend your money as a couple um we are taking your calls if you'd like to ask them any questions if you want to ask them any personal finance questions um you can give us a call on 86000959 maybe you are you know you are married you are in a relationship maybe you are still um just living together and want to find out how to navigate those uh, personal finances or maybe sometimes it can be with a family member maybe with your mother with your father with your siblings you know how do you navigate those difficult conversations when it comes uh, to money now um shafika i know we 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 talked you know we're busy talking about uh, um romantic relationships we're talking about marriage and uh, we're talking about uh, people that are living together in a romantic relationship but many relationships don't start and end there sometimes these are are relationships that we have with our family with our extended family you know there's a lot of people out there who have to take care of their family who have to take care of their siblings but at the same time they still have to take care of themselves and at some point you need to make the decision as to what goes where now that is very difficult how do you navigate that relationship And you're right, you know, we we do have a generation where we a lot of us are taking care of more than just our immediate family, so our spouses and our kids. We're looking after parents and uncles and grandmothers. And I think what is what is very important here is the word communication. And I think Sarah touched on that earlier and and that's such an important term because in order to and, and this is the thing, you know, especially with family members, is that it can cause such issues that extend long after the financial struggle is gone. Um, and obviously, during a time like this, you do not want to add any extra pressure um, and expectations. So I think being very clear with whoever um, you are supporting um, or whoever is expecting support from you to be very clear with what you can um, commit to. And I think that's the other thing is that not commit and not extend or overextend yourself when you are making a financial commitment. And I think that goes with any kind of commitment, you know. And back to basics again is the only way you can financially support anyone else is if you take care of your budget. And budgeting, again, is really just understanding what you spend your money on, and that's always your first step. And then, obviously, having some kind of a spreadsheet where you can allocate funds to things. And, you know, something I also just like to mention is that there are certain things um, that change. They're variable expenses. Mm-hmm. So we need to also make sure that we are updating our budget with those kinds of things. And an example of that could be 
um, you know, a lot of us have been working remotely due to the pandemic and, and the restrictions. And, and so therefore our fuel spend, as an example, is not something that is consistent. So are we updating our budget to reflect that every month? Mm-hmm. And then also with the people that we are supporting, are we, are we communicating with them that, okay, this month I can do X. Um, I know last month I did Y, but next month I can only do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because sometimes the expectation um, on even the younger generation to support the older generation and even vice versa can be quite taxing. And that can then bring about um, an emotional and quite a stressful, uh, same relationship mm. um, and for communication, sitting down with your family members. And obviously you don't, you don't have to share depending on the relationship and how comfortable you are. You don't have to divulge every single thing, you know, if you don't want to. But in terms of this is what I can commit to, how does that work for you? And some of us will, will have to will have to have that supporting role for for quite a long time. So it's best to have that conversation. And these days, you know, it's also about being clear and open and 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 being honest about the fact that I can commit or I can't commit. And then there's no expectation place because the last thing you want is to commit to something financially and then you're not able to, to keep up with that and then what happens to that relationship? It becomes strange. Mm-hmm. So being very aware of what you're able to and not saying, you know, just to make someone feel good or to make someone feel supported, overextend yourself financially because at the end of the day, you are going to struggle, whether it is you by yourself or you and your immediate family. There will then be a financial burden placed on you. So it's just very important to have that open line of communication at all times. Mm-hmm. And what happens if, you know, sometimes um, things happen, there is a funeral that just comes up or something comes up and the entire family literally turns around and looks at you because you are the person that's supposed to be financially well off. Now, at what yeah. point do you learn to say, I cannot do this? Yeah, I think that's a very difficult one. And I say that because, you know, in, in a lot of cultures, you know, we, we don't, we do not disrespect elders. And, and that's quite a big thing when you've got to turn around and say, no, I can't. And not a lot of us are capable of saying no, you know, but if we think about what impact will this have on me, my future, and that of my kids, if I go ahead with X, Y, and Z. Um, I also understand that, you know, funerals are things, unfortunately, it's not, it's nothing we can prevent. These things happen. And we also find that a lot of people who then become over indebted um, is because of the result of things like funerals and unexpected um, circumstances. So it's not your it's not your um, day-to-day living lavishly. It's things like divorces, medical emergencies. Um, and so if you are finding yourself in a situation where you've got to take out some kind of credit, something you also have to keep in mind is that you get good credit. Um, you know, when we talk about debt, we always, you know, it's, it's got such a stigma. Mm-hmm. But good credit is something that can help to um, build your financial wealth. And sometimes, you know, if it's a medical expense, it might not be building your financial wealth if you, if you look at it in theoretical terms. But if you think about the financial impact of your future, if you did not take out that loan, if that really weighs heavy on your mind and it looks like if I don't take out this loan or I don't apply for credit to settle this one life event, what will the rest of my future look like? So let's just get it clear in that how many of us can honestly say we, we can go through an entire lifetime without taking some form of credit. Let's be real. You know, the answer is not many of us. Mm -hmm. Our homes, we've taken out home loans. You know, we've bought vehicles. We've had to take out some form of credit. So, 
you know, if that is the way to go, making sure you are absolutely comfortable and you are able to afford it, and obviously having that communication with those around you um, and seeing if anyone can contribute. But remember, it comes down to what you can afford. So if it's your name on that contract, if you're the one taking out the, the credit agreement or the loan, then that's something that you will need to account for in your budget. Okay, 25 minutes after 7. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we continue the conversation talking about money and relationships. You're more than welcome to join in on the conversation. Give us a call on 0860 Maybe tell us what you have learned um, in terms of managing money and relationships. Or maybe you're just looking for advice as to how you can tackle money and relationships. Because a conversation a day is exactly what the doctor ordered. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. It is uh, 26 minutes after 7. You're listening to Kaya FM 95.9. You're listening to Sidebar with Dr. Cindy Van Sale. My name is uh, Sotumea, standing in for the good doctor. And of course, we are talking finances. We're talking personal finances. Um, I'm joined on the line by two ladies, Shafika Anthony, as well as uh, Sarah Nicholson. And uh, we are talking about what it means to handle money and uh, relationships. Now, Sarah, we were just talking about, you know, I suppose what people, sometimes they call it black tax, but you know, it, it comes in all sorts of forms um, where you have to look back when you when you when you finally got a little bit of money you've got to go back and you've got to go home and take care um, of the business that needs to get taken care of now for a lot of people you go into a new relationship and you have that baggage with you what must you do with that baggage now is it something that you communicate with your partner that listen a portion of my money has to go home each and every single month or how do you navigate that great Great question. Mm. And again, I really want to touch on the fact that it's so important to communicate. And the reason for that, and what you want to look at is, is the money that you're going to be spending, or is this baggage that you have, is it going to affect your partner? Is it going to affect the relationship? And that should have an impact on the type of conversation you're, you're going to have. I mean, if, for example, you are planning on getting married, you've got to look at a, you know, the contract that you're going to sign up for with, with the marriage. Is it going to uh, be a community and property of marriage? Um, is it going to be an, an antinatural agreement? Mm-hmm. And you know that you still have to either pay off debt or you've got to send money to your family on a regular basis. And it's potentially eating away at your salary or it's something you can afford. Those are the type of things that you've got to ask yourself and, you know, openly communicate with, with your potential partner or your family or whoever you, you are dealing with. If it's going to affect them and if you are getting married, the same community of property, and you find later on down the line that this baggage that you're carrying is becoming really heavy and you are struggling to make monthly payments with this and it's starting to affect, let's say, your credit score or your your monthly living expenses. It's likely to affect your partner as well because your debt then becomes one one singular responsibility between the two of them, obviously depending on how you marry. But if it's in community of property, for example, then you are both responsible for that. And if that debt is is likely to become, or that that baggage is likely to become problematic, then that's definitely something that you should be communicating with your partner. And it's worth explaining them to them, you know, this is something that you've had for a while, you don't see it changing anytime soon, or it's going to change in this way, and these are your plans. Um, you can then communicate that to them, 
And it also allows for you, it, it gives you a certain sense of accountability. You've now committed to your partner or whoever you are in a relationship with, and you've committed and said, this is what, what is happening and what you're planning on doing with it. So again, it comes down to very clear communication, understanding the future impact that this is going to have on you and, and your partner and your family, and using that to really guide you. And is it fair for partners to say, you know, we are making the same amount of money, you and I, uh, and we have the same amount of expenses each and every single month. And I am indirectly servicing your, you know, what you have to do at home. Therefore, I'm asking you to stop. Is that fair for somebody to say that I, I think that you should cut back or in our budget, you need to get less money because you are, you know, helping out at home. Is that a fair thing? It's really dependent on, it's quite important. How did you discuss or how did you come Mm -hmm. about this topic in the beginning of the relationship and how have you come about it now? And that's very much going to guide you. You're going to say, okay, this is what we've agreed upon. What is the budget that we agreed upon at the beginning of the month? And why now does one feel that, you know, there should be a difference um, or there shouldn't be? And again, it comes down to just talking to each other understanding what is important. Also, mm-hmm. what are your long-term goals? Um, what have you guys planned together to do? And is, if the person is spending more money on something else and it's not really going towards the goals, mm-hmm. then it's fair to have that conversation to say, look, this is what we agreed upon, but it's not. we're not really sticking to that. So sometimes you're going to have to have those slightly awkward conversations and really hold each other accountable for what you agreed upon. And that's why it's so important, like Shatika was saying in the beginning, you know, be very clear on what your budget is and also set aside what your money goals are. Mm-hmm. And another one that is so important is understanding what, what is the difference between your needs and your wants. Mm-hmm. And that's as individuals and as a couple as well. Your need right now, especially when you're going through such a difficult time, is you've got to have a roof over your head. You've got to have some form of clothing as well. Um, you've got to have food. You've got to potentially have transport or transport money to get to work if, if that's something that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Or if you can stay at home, at least you're saving money on that potentially. But those are like your really essential needs. And if you're paying off debt, making sure that you continuously paying that off. And then you can look at what are your wants. And if your wants are to go and eat out or to have that fancier tech gadget or that phone, mm-hmm. you need to evaluate what's more important. Because often what we'll find is the one partner will go, mm, I really want that tech gadget. And the other one is saying, but hang on, this is what we need. And we're not going to make it at the end of the month if you if get that. Yeah. that. Mm. Then, then you've got to have those, those conversations and that accountability to say, look, this is what our budget is. This is what we agreed to. Can we find a way around this? And that's why it's important to look at what, understand what is your financial situation and know what are your most basic needs and what are your wants. And is there a way that you can put money aside to get those wants, you know, do some form of saving, that it's a long term. It's, we don't need to have that instant gratification right now or feel that often we're feeling that the consumerism pressure where, hey, you have to have that fancy thing mm-hmm. in order to, to look good. Um, because that might be driving the other person's decision. Rather be clear on what you need and what you need as a couple and as a family. Okay, it's just after half past uh, seven. You're listening to the home of the Afropolitan. We are in conversation with uh, Shafika Anthony as well as uh, Sarah Nicholson, and we are talking about money, relationships, and how they merge together, and you know how to navigate um, money and uh, relationships. Um, 
Shafika, you know, I just want to, for somebody that doesn't know, what should you, if you take your salary, say it's a big pie and you are getting paid a hundred rand, what should you allocate in order of importance um, in terms of how you spend your money? So should the biggest bulk of your budget be for what, where you live under your roof? What should be, what, how should you be spending your money? Hmm. It's a good question. And again, I think it's such an individual uh, case-by-case situation. However, the one rule of thumb is that you should not be spending more than a third of your income um, on debt repayment. So if you're finding that a third of your your salary or your net income is going towards paying off uh, credit agreements, loans, whatever it may be, it's going towards debt then, you know, that is the start of a different conversation. And that's when we start looking at being over-indebted, you know, and, and, and that's when things do become tricky. But there are solutions, um, one obviously being a debt consolidation, um, and there are solutions for, for that kind of financial financial difficulty. But the rule of thumb, obviously, your needs, as Sarah mentioned, your needs and your wants, a very good place to start, obviously, the roof over your head, your school, your fees, your medical aid, those are important things. These are things we cannot live without, mm-hmm. um, you know. And another thing is also, how often are we actually renewing or reviewing our policy? For example, our insurance policy, mm-hmm. our medical aid. I know my family, every year my husband and I, we sit down and we actually go and shop around. So we go to our medical aid and we say, listen, it's now, we've been with you for five years. This is what we're paying um, can you give us any sort of, of discount? Mm-hmm. We go to other medical aids and we say, listen, this is what I'm paying. Can you come in at cheaper for giving me the same amount of cover? Mm-hmm. How often are we doing that? And my sense is that we don't do that often because we don't think that we're going to get a big return on investment. But, you know, with the current economic climate, not even just now, is that sometimes when we're having these conversations, we'll soon come to find that there are ways in which we can make our money work for us even better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, you know, I think it's very important when you talk about going to your medical aid and seeing what you can do in order to knock off a pack or two. Because, I mean, as well with car insurance, I mean, how many people will go to their car insurance and say, you know, I've had this vehicle for two years now, I shouldn't be paying this amount of insurance. And that is something yeah. that also can help with your finances, right? Absolutely. So reviewing what you've got, and I mean, it should be part of your yearly um you know, you really look at your finances. So when you're sitting down, especially at the start of the new year or the end of the year, for the next year, right, what are my financial goals for the year that's coming? What is it that I'm spending quite a lot of money on? Is there a way I can um, bring this down a little bit? Is there a way that I can um, make my money work for me even better? So there are ways when you're looking at our budget, don't just look at how much you're spending. Look at what you're spending it on. These are really important things. Um, you know, for example, something that I do with my, my kids' school is that, and, and we're not all often in, in a situation to be able to do this, but the previous year, I try always to put down something for registration for the next year mm-hmm. because I know come January, you know, there's so much things that need to be bought. So the books and paying the registration fee and all the extra mural and the transport, mm-hmm. it's a lot, you know, and then February just seems like a very long month. So in order to sort of set yourself up to success from the start of the new year, you know, we're all in good spirits, we set our resolutions and, um, you know, we, we're all geared for a new year. But let's make our money work for us. 
mm-hmm. and let's see how we can we can make way for better planning, for better budgeting, and you know, getting a good start to the year so that we really reap the benefits. Mm-hmm. Because then we have not only opened up extra cash flow or, or improved our cash flow, but we also, you know, become then accountable of managing and planning our money better. Mm-hmm. And that's so important is to get into the habit of, of reviewing our financial situation. Mm. And, you know, somebody might say, you know, that's very easier said than done, especially if you oh. are sort of on a clean slate where you're not owing a lot of money, you don't have a lot of debt. And it was very important that you said that you shouldn't be spending a third of your income on servicing your debt. What happens if you are? So if you are that uh-huh. person that you are already in that difficult, murky, slimy place, you are you have a lot of debt, you cannot cover your debt at the moment and you're trying to get out of there. You know, I think sometimes it can be very difficult trying to get out of a situation where you are you have a lot of debt. Where do you start? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And look, the one the first thing I have to say off the bat is that we need to try and break the stigma. At some point in our lives, a lot of us have faced financial difficulties. Mm-hmm. And so having the conversation and acknowledging that there's a problem is the first flag. Like it's, it's a, one of the big things. Like having a conversation and saying, like, I'm spending more than a third of my income towards my debt. And, you know, if you find yourself worried and stressed, you're not able to sleep at night. Those are massive red flags. And the sooner you seek help, the better. So like I mentioned earlier, one option is debt consolidation. And what this is, it combines all your debts into one single payment. So for example, increasing your home loan and using the extra cash to pay off your loan at a lower interest rate. And in South Africa, we're quite lucky. We have quite an effective, well-regulated and world-class debt counseling sector. Mm -hmm. So, you know, interest rate reductions we saw last year have benefited people who successfully applied for debt counseling. Mm -hmm. The lower rates enable debt counselors to negotiate reductions of over 90% on interest rates for unsecured debt from an average of 21% to, you know, 1.2%. So such a reduction in interest rates really provides substantial savings for consumers. And that's one of the biggest benefits of, of debt counseling. So, you know, there's definitely, and, and if you access our, our website, Just Money, there's actually mm-hmm. a big button at the top where it gives you so much more information about debt counseling and the many benefits. Um, another one is that you are legally protected. So you cannot lose your home nor your vehicle if you're ah, under debt counseling. So okay. uh, there's a lot of benefits to debt counseling. And I really urge uh, our listeners to really read up and become familiar with what this, what this program and this journey can actually do for them and their financial future. Uh-huh. So is that, I like that you said that, you know, that it protects a lot of people from losing their homes, losing their cars, losing the things that they've worked very hard for because a lot of people lose everything. I mean, it's so easy to lose absolutely everything. So in order to stop yourself from losing the things that you've worked for and sort of rebuild, debt counseling is one of the ways. Absolutely. And I think the big thing here is getting help as soon as you see that, you know, you are really struggling, you know. And and like I said, one third of your income, if you're noticing that that's already the case, go back to the drawing board and see how, how you can fix it. And in most cases, it's not a quick fix because these are commitments that you have um, signed up for. These are contractual agreements. So talk to a professional because there's only so much we can do. But obviously a big key element here is that before you even get into that space, is equip yourself with the financial education that you need and have these open conversations because you can possibly, um, you know, we can only kick the can down the road for as far as we can. 
And then it's like, what happens now? So taking control of that, of, of your financial future is such an important step. And then working towards that financially free state again. Um, and it, it's so liberating. So yeah, definitely, definitely something that we would highly recommend is looking at the debt counseling uh, system in South Africa. Okay, we're going to take a short break now. You're listening to Sidebar with uh, Cindy Francel. My name is uh, Sotomayor. You're listening to the voice of Shafika Anthony. And uh, we also have Sarah Nicholson on the phone. And they are from Just Money Personal Finances. And we are talking about your personal finances and how to navigate um, your personal finances. Because a conversation a day is exactly what the doctor ordered. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. It is uh, almost quarter to eight. You're listening to the home of the Afropolitan and uh, you're listening to Sidebar with Dr. Cindy Fansil. My name is uh, Soto Mayer. We are in conversation with uh, Shafika Anthony as well as Sarah Nicholson and we are talking um, about money and uh, relationships and uh, they are from Just Money Personal Finance website. If you would like to get some advice from them, if you've got questions for them, give us a call on 86 Sarah, before we went to break, we were talking about debt counseling, and I think it's very important that we touch up on that. How does one get into debt counseling, and at what point do you know that you need debt counseling? Well, <laughs> firstly, we need to understand that this is one of those things that has a huge impact on our relationships. So it's very important that we educate ourselves to understand what is debt? What is good debt? What is bad debt? How are we getting ourselves into debt? And how can we prevent that going forward? So I actually just want to define, you know, what is the difference? So let's let's be very clear on what is debt and how do we get into it? So typically your bad debt, we've got to understand what it is. And it's it could be defined more as consumer debt, which it basically does very little to help improve your financial future. And it's often this is what gets us into more debt as we need, end up needing more and more of this kind of credit and typically loans to help mm-hmm. pay for the loans that we've already taken out. And typically, this is something, you know, if you're already struggling on a monthly basis, you see a quick loan that you can take out and it's going to help you pay for food or, you know, some unexpected costs. Mm-hmm. You're not planning ahead and what happens is that kind of leads you into a downward spiral where you start needing more and more and more of this kind of debt and that's typically where you start landing in, in a very difficult situation. Your good debt is something that is actually going to help your financial future. So you would take out a loan, for example, if you wanted to buy a house mm-hmm. and you can afford to buy a house. Or if you want to start a business, so you're taking out a business loan. Or if you're looking at studying something that's going to help further your career, mm-hmm. then that is the type of good debt that is going to help you further and in, uh, potentially earn or increase your salary so that later on in your future, you will be earning more. How you get into debt, like I was saying, it it is either a downward spiral of, you know, not managing your money as well and perhaps taking up more loans than you should because you're already struggling. Or like Shafika was saying earlier, you have sudden unexpected events happening in your life. And more often than not, you know, we're living from paycheck to paycheck. And when something unexpected happens, we are, we really, really struggle to make that payment and we then get ourselves into a case of where we have debt that we we are struggling to pay back, you know, and that is typically what happens. And we did a survey last year, November, and it showed that, you know, 82% of our survey participants are already in debt. 
And we also saw that the impact of COVID had infected over 70% of people's um, ability to actually service or that to pay their loans. Mm-hmm. And food is like one of the main reasons. We said there were nearly 43% um, respondents who were in debt because they had to get food. So this just really points to the fact that we need to be remain educated about how to how to look after our money. And you were saying earlier, you know, what about if I have I earn very little? Mm-hmm. And I almost want to point out it doesn't matter what you're earning. You still need good money habits right from the beginning so that as you start earning more money, you're able to manage it. Because often what happens is as we start earning more money, our expenses become even higher. And we can still earn a tremendous amount of money and your expenses are still extremely high. So you don't have an extra amount or a buffer um, to help to prevent you know, either landing in debt when unexpected events happen or you don't have savings aside mm-hmm. that you can use to help you with those things. And simple examples is you need to service your car and you don't have enough money if you don't have a service plan, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough money to pay for that car, but you have to get it serviced. That's something that a person might take a loan out, for example, and then you have to struggle the following month because now you have to pay an extra amount to pay off and then you take loan. out more loans to pay off that loan and then more exactly. loans and then you're not you you're just now in a cycle now. exactly so that's again it's communication it's educating yourself to understand what is good debt what's bad debt and how to prevent yourself from doing that and there's two things here that's really important is regardless of what you're earning pay yourself first and by that we mean Put some money aside towards your savings before you spend your money on anything else if you can. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much it is. Just get into the habit of doing that so that as you are start, as you start earning more, you consistently are putting money away and you've got that habit so that you're able to you know, prepare for those emergency expenses. And that's one of the most important things is that you want to have an emergency backup at all points so that's something you should consistently be growing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is understanding that by by getting yourself into debt you're affecting you're negatively affecting your credit score and that is going to negatively affect your financial future so if you want to get a home loan or you're looking at buying a car one day mm-hmm. if you have a low credit score your credit provider is a lot less likely to assist you with a personal loan or a loan for those things because it's showing that you're a high risk client And ideally, what you really want to do is make sure that you're looking after your credit score. Because Mm -hmm. as Shafika was saying, it's very difficult for us to be able to do many of the the bigger purchases in life without a little bit of help, you know, in terms of our loans. So it's important that we take responsibility for what our credit score is. And when we are ready to do those, buy the bigger things that we need in life, we have a good credit score so that we can get a decent interest rate and a a good, a well-priced loan from the banks. It is now 10 minutes to 8 o'clock. You are still listening to the home of the Afropolitan. You're listening to Sidebar. Um, my name is Sotomayor, standing in for Dr. Cindy. And we are still talking about money. We're still talking about personal finances, how to take care of your personal finances, as well as uh, taking care of your relationships. Shafika, um, Sarah was just talking about paying yourself first. And I know for a lot of people, they'll say that, you know, it's, 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 it's easier said than done because I pay myself first and then I need the money towards the end of the month. And then I use that money, you know, that I was paying myself first with and then you know and 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 so what is one of the best ways uh, to pay yourself and making sure that maybe you don't have immediate access to that money yeah look it it really it really depends it 
also so difficult because not every month we may not be able to pay ourselves exactly the same amount. Mm-hmm. So don't set yourself up for a situation where you are committing to a certain percentage and then next month you can't commit to the same percentage and you're like, what is the point? I'm just going to give up. The point is really about getting into the habit, as Taylor mentioned. So getting into the habit of, right, if you've got your budget, you know exactly, if you've done that prep work, you know exactly what you're spending this month on, what your what your leftovers, if there is any leftovers, you kind of have an idea based on your budget and your planning. So ideally, it's really to get into the habit. If that is 100 grand this month and it's 200 grand next month, that's fine. Because come, you know, a situation where you are in um, uh, an issue like financially and you're now going to draw on it's better to have a little bit uh, than nothing so it's really about getting into the habit and obviously as we get increases if we are fortunate enough to get increases then adjusting that as we go along but it's more about getting into the habit and if you think about it this actually comes back from from when we were children you know I think most of us recall having a money box mm-hmm. a piggy bank whatever you call it and we cultivated like we really in the home where, you know, your mom gave you money, your dad, your grandpa's like, I'm going to put it in my, in my piggy bag. It's the same concept. You know, this is not a new thing. But in the business of life and, 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 and adulthood, um, it's become rather difficult to think of that first because we've got these commitments, you know. But how quickly does these, you know, unforeseen things happen? They happen overnight. These are things we have not prepared ourselves for. And so they're not accounted for in our budget. And so we need to think when we're budgeting, if something were to happen to me, where would I be able to draw on money? And, you know, there's lots of different saving plans. You can then start looking at what your goals are. The tax-free savings plans. Mm. Exactly. Short-term, medium-term, long-term. It really depends. Um, And have a little uh, savings fund. I know I've got one attached to my account. It's got like a 52-day notice. So that's one of them, you know, and I can't take from it. Mm-hmm. unless I give give a notice a notice period of 32 days. And that's just an example. But there are so many options that you can um, very easily transfer into, but they're not as easily accessed. Um, and then obviously in the event that you need to for an emergency, then there are penalties. But just making that a part of your of, um, your your habit, it's really just inculcating those, those habits. And then obviously instilling that down to our kids as well is so important. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you're talking about kids, you know, because many times our kids should be learning about how money and how to handle money from us. I mean, I, I remember once I used to have a colleague who used to say that until she was working, she had never actually physically really touched money for herself. You know, like she, you'd get sent to the shops every now and then, but she'd never oh. actually handled money. And it was so scary. And, she, you know, she was basically talking about as a result, she doesn't know how to... She, it's something that she had to learn from scratch oh. like budgeting what to do with your money once you get paid because she had oh. never actually ever handled money and i don't know why but we seem to think that money is such a a garish thing we don't want to talk uh, to our kids about money um you know it's, it's it's not polite um to talk about money but actually the money lessons should be coming from parents first right absolutely 100 percent. i mean and and we Kids these days, they don't make them like they used to. You know, I've got an eight-year-old myself, and she goes to school with money because there's a tuck shop, and it really teaches them these skills. And even if it's just a five rand, you know, she buys herself a little sucker, she knows how much change she gets. 
And so we're doing our kids, in, in my opinion, a great disservice by not involving them mm-hmm. in, 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 in money, in money conversations. And look, we're not talking about handing over your account so they can pay your rent. Exactly. We're talking about age-appropriate, age-appropriate responsibilities. So when we go to the store, you know, I allow my daughter to hand over the 20 grand and then we'll have a conversation. How much change are you supposed to get? It's really just starts that learning and also for them to understand that these things as we were told when we were young does not grow on trees. and so having them earn their money as well in the household mm-hmm. and my daughter's got a little piggy bank mm-hmm. and every time she does uh, her chores for the week we'll pop something in there and and she then gets to choose a little a cheat for herself which she then spends her own money on and you know we, it's also about not creating this uh, mentality of i just get when i want it's really about have you earned it? Here's how we work towards getting what we want and making them then responsible. So if I buy two things, I know I'm only going to have X amount left. And so I need to do more and work harder so that I can get more. Mm-hmm. And it's so important because at some point, these are our leaders. These are, these are our future. So we've got to start having these conversations with them. Even my little one is three years old, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll take out the coins. He'll look at the numbers on the coins and that's how you associate it's a one rand, it's a two rand. Mm-hmm. But for them to understand that mommy goes to work in order to have money so that we can lead a certain lifestyle, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Well, before we let you go, guys, um, it's been such a great conversation. Um, we're just going to wrap up this conversation because we've literally come to the end of the show. But it really has been such a great conversation, just getting those money, um, basic money les- lessons that you would think that you, you learned when you were a lot younger. Um, but actually not, because here we are, um, adults and we are in debt. Um, so Sarah, just as in closing, you know, I was, I think it's very, it was very important what Shafika was talking about, teaching children about money. Um, but obviously if you're an adult, and you're already in debt, you know, it's a little bit too late for you to be learning. But, you know, just in closing, what should we look out for when it comes to our personal finances? I think I think what's really important is to understand that it's never too late. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to start learning. And it's never too late to make a difference to your budget. And I think what we've come out of this conversation really is it's it's so important, one, to communicate. Communicate effectively with your family, your friends, your children, your partner. Be very clear on what your goals are and take time to sit down, establish what you need, what you want, and do the same with your partner and your family. And then to remember, once you've decided what that is, look at your budget, sit together, work on the budget, be clear on what you want for the rest of the year and start planning for that in advance. So often we're caught up in the rush of life that we... You know, we get into this whirlwind and we don't take the time to do those things. And like Shapika was saying earlier, when you're setting the New Year resolutions, I mean, it's still early in the year, you've still got time. Take time to do that now. And then also, like we said, debt is a real thing. And we know that many people are struggling with debt. Let's break the stigma and let's get the help that you need. There is help out there. Um, there is debt counseling that can assist you. A lot of banks, a lot of companies are assisting with reduced interest rates. There is always some form of help to assist you. So don't be afraid to speak out and and get that help you need sooner rather than later. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Sarah. And Shafika, a final parting shot from you as well? Yeah, um, definitely. So uh, something I'd I'd like to leave your, your listeners with is that all of the information that we spoke about this evening can be accessed 
mm-hmm. um, at no charge on our website, www.justmoney.co.za. You'll find content-rich articles, budgeting tools, online calculators, and financial guides in a full range of products and services from reputable providers. So, you know, as well as deals, a section highlighting special offers from shops, restaurants, and other outlets. So I'd really like to encourage uh, your listeners. We also have a, a platform that we've just launched at Just Money called Credit Tab, mm-hmm. and it's really where you can get your free up-to-the-minute credit score and report along with our articles and all our tools and calculators. So if you go to www.justmoney.co.za, you'll get everything you need and more. All the info, information that you need. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you so much, Shafika and um, Sarah, for joining us. It's been such a, I suppose, a, a huge lessons um, that I think for me, as well as the listeners as well, just to know, um, I think for me, the biggest takeaway is that there is always help. Um, you know, you don't have to sit there and just be stressing. There is always help out there. But thank you very much for joining us, ladies. And uh, I will definitely be checking out your website, and I hope our listeners also do. Thank you so much for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us. And goodbye to you, Sarah Nicholson, as well as uh, Shafika. If you're just joining us, we've come to the end of the show. We're having a conversation talking about money and uh, talking about uh, personal finances as well. And uh, so last week, Kumba was having a go at the poet, Mzwakimbuli, on his show, talking about how he might have sounded had he been the poet of the state uh, at the State of the Nation address. Mzwake was obviously not very impressed, and he and Insisted on coming to the show. Catch that Blom Blom interview tomorrow on Good Friday with Skumba, and it will be taking place at seven o'clock. From Misa to Mayor, it is goodbye, and do enjoy the rest of your evening.